Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1012, it's Thursday, 5th day of October 2023. Bruce Siski Show, great to have you along on KDAL. As I mentioned before, there after the weather, uh, we've got some programming changes, and I want to make sure that we uh, do what we can to get the word out about this. So uh, we'll repeat that again here uh, with the Minnesota Twins advancing in the American League playoffs. Their division series against the Houston Astros is set to begin in Houston on Saturday afternoon. Our coverage at 2.30, first pitch at 3.45 for the Twins and Astros Game 1. Because of that, Bulldog football from Wayne, Nebraska. Jeff Papis on the call. Going to move over to Cat 98.9. In 98.9 of the FM dial, catcountry989.com has the stream. You can also download their free app and listen online that way as well. Uh, that'll be a 1 o'clock kick, 12.30 pregame. And also on Cat 98.9 Saturday, UMV men's hockey season opener. Versus Michigan Tech, the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game from Amsel Arena. I'll have the call of that 6.30 for the pregame and the opening faceoff a little after 7 o'clock. Uh, Twins-Astros game one Saturday. Game two is Sunday night at 7. Uh, coverage at 6 on Sunday here on KDAL. And then they will be uh, in Minnesota for games three and, if necessary, four in that series. Game three will be Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Coverage at 2. Game 4, if necessary, is Wednesday. Time to be announced. And if they have to play a Game 5, that would be on Friday. Back in Houston to decide the series and who moves on to the ALCS beginning on Sunday, October 15th. Again, more details as we get them. We'll have it on that sports schedule. You can read anytime at kdal610.com. More on the Twins coming up in just a moment. Uh, and NCHC Media Day back on September 13th. I had the opportunity to visit with the NCHC coaches and always enjoy these conversations. And this is one that I really enjoyed because it's a guy that is always – he's never afraid to, to tell you what he thinks, but he, it's always very measured. He's open and honest and measured all at the same time. Always enjoy chatting with the head coach at Colorado College, Chris Mayotte. So last year, I remember vividly you and I sitting in a different room, but in the same building chatting and how purposeful everything you guys have been doing has been in terms of, of the recruiting you're doing and not dipping into the transfer portal. And you did it again. You've got one transfer coming in to replace Matt Vernon in goal behind Caden Embarico, Henry Wilder from Boston College. This is purposeful from you guys. You're trying to build something sustainable. And, and I would think you've got to feel pretty good about the progress you're making. Yeah, um, it, it has been purposeful, and, and I think, you know, we share a state with uh, Deion Sanders uh, and the Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes. That's a good point. And so, you know, he's, he's obviously done things a little differently, but, um, but I truly believe in, in, in the way that we want to develop people, the way that we want to develop players, the way we want to build our program is going to be through invested time. Um, and we want people to believe – you know, believe in what we're telling them on the recruiting trail. Um, we want people to know that when they come here, when we say we're invested in you, we are invested in you. Um, and so that's been a big part of it is I think when when a, when a kid commits to us, um, 
he believes that the opportunity that he sees in front of him is going to be there when it's presented. Now it's his job to, to take advantage of it, but we're not going to change that opportunity in April um, when he's about to come. And, and I think through that, we get a lot of belief, we get a lot of buy-in. Um, and I think if you look at the end of last year, two-thirds of our first line was Ryan Beck and Noah Laba. Um, if we bring in a 22 or 23-year-old transfer that early in the year is going to be ahead of them in terms of how they help you win hockey games, they're going to be more detailed, they're going to understand college hockey, all of those things, you don't get the same Ryan Beck and Noah Laba at the end of the year as we got. And I truly believe they were, we had a true first line at the end of the year last year. Um, and again, they were two thirds of that. And so when you're bringing in the right people that you think have that type of drive and you believe in, in their, what they can become, that's who we want to invest in. And we want to make sure that we get the most benefit out of that because we get Ryan Beck for three, four years. We get Noah Labber for three, four years. That's three, four years worth of our investment in them that they're becoming that type of player for CC. So looking back on last season, what was the belief like in your room as you go to Kalamazoo and you win two out of three and then you go to St. Paul for the frozen phase-off? It was, it was real. Um, and, and I think one of the coolest moments for us in that was, you know, we hadn't beat Denver in, I think, 11 games. And we beat them in the semifinals to play for a championship. And the celebration wasn't wasn't very big. Um, you know, we get back in the locker room and we got another game to play. And, and I think that was a really big moment for us because that is exactly what you're touching on is that's belief, right? That was, I know we haven't beaten them in 11 games, but we know we're playing pretty good hockey right now. We went into that game believing that we were going to win that game. Um, and I, for that, I give a ton of credit to our leadership, um, to our captains, uh, and, and to the rest of the staff because, you know, you would walk into Robeson Arena on a Monday and we were in the middle of a long stretch of not winning hockey games. It didn't feel that way. Um, and you have to have the right leaders for that to be the case. Uh, and so we're very fortunate in that way. But the belief, you know, once we beat, Western and I think the schedule kind of worked out for us because we had played Western and Denver so recently that and we played them well and we played them close um, and so I think we were able to go into those games knowing what had worked for us knowing a little adjustment that we were going to make and it was fresh in our guys minds and so it was easier for them to buy into it um, the other thing that I, I am well aware of is you know Western and Denver, they've beaten us so much that we've been forced to change, right? And find adjustments and find new ways and make these little tweaks where when you win as consistently as those teams were beating us, it's hard for them to be like, hey, we need to change something. So I do think we had a bit of an advantage in that way. Um, but in that, hey, we were close, we're going to try this this time, we're going to make this little adjustment. I, it really did build the belief for our guys. Visiting with Colorado College head coach Chris Mayotte. So correct me if I'm wrong, you went to Western during the regular season, right, last year? Right. Now, being such a unique environment, and by unique, you know what I mean, did that help to get that out of the way so that when you went there in the playoffs, there wasn't this culture shock of, oh, my goodness, what or what did we just walk into? Because it, it is, well, unique. Yeah, it, it is. And um, and in the playoffs, it was it's spring break, 
right? So the lunatics aren't as loony as they, they, you know, (laughs) might usually be. Um, But we had been good in in those big moments throughout the year. Um, And, you know, we played Denver at Ball Arena and it didn't, it didn't end the way we wanted to. And, you know, they took over the game by the end of it, but it was one of the best starts we had had all year. And so as a coach, that was really important to see, right? It's 18,000, it's your rival, and you showed up on time and you committed to the game plan and you executed early. Again, you know, it fell apart towards the end, but we, we, we had done that and we had that in our mind. Um, and then the two Western games that we had played, I think two or three weeks prior to going there in the playoffs, we were good. Um, we had third period leads, you know, like, and it just fell apart for us again right at the end. So we did have some belief that we could go in there in that environment and perform and at least play our game, whether it was good enough to win. You know, we hadn't been proven that yet. Um, but I do think that was a big piece of it. Caden Embarico, I don't think I have to tell everybody how good he was last year as a as a freshman, as a young freshman, not a twenty or twenty one year old freshman walking into the NCHC and being second team All Conference and putting up a nine twenty five save percentage against the competition that you guys play in this league night in night out. How does he build on that? Well, and and I think that's one of our one of our talking points with Caden and something that we've talked about with him quite a bit is you don't have to be better than you were, right? Don't put that type of pressure on yourself that, oh, I had those numbers, which if I don't get to these numbers, that means I didn't do anything all summer. That means I didn't get better. That's not the case, right? Um, You just have to continue to go about your process. Um, And the one thing I think that is drastically different this year is that he wasn't given the job last year. He only played three of our 10 non-conference games for us. Matt Vernon played seven of the 10. And the first goalie to play back-to-back nights was Matt Vernon against Air Force. And that was weekend three, four on the year. Um, and so it wasn't like he walked in and was, uh, was that right from the start. But what he did is he figured out how to prepare, how to create habits throughout the week, what to actually focus on um, throughout the week in terms of what is important. And for a goalie, in my opinion, it's not whether you give up goals or not in the week of practice. There are going to be drills that I design or that the staff puts together where it's for our guys to score. It's to give them confidence. It's not about you. So you can't feel a certain way about that. You just need to focus on what you can control. Um, and I think he really bought into that. And so you saw the consistency start to take off because his day to day, his Monday through Thursday was very consistent in terms of what he got out of it. Um, and so it really is just about that again. Um, the difference again is going to be that it's going to be his job right from the start. And so that is probably where the building comes. Um, but we don't need him to be, you know, 10% better than he was last year for us to be a good hockey team. Um, if he is the guy he was last year, we're good with that. Uh, cause he was special. Talking to CC coach Chris Mayotte. So the back end a little different. Brian Yoon is is gone. I've been told after about seven years of college <laughs> hockey or so, it felt like there's so many of these guys around the league. And even before the fifth year, you'd have those guys where you felt, how is he not out of eligibility already? And Brian Yoon is one of those. And, and I, I keep in flashbacks to that 
league opener out of your place where I think he assisted on three goals in the first – it felt like the first five minutes. It felt like ten minutes, but it felt like every time he was on the ice, he was a threat. You know, what did he mean to your group, and, and how do you go about replacing what he brought to your group? Yeah, you know, we we won't be able to replace it. Um, and, and I think even specifically, not only to our group, but to our staff, you know, he was a guy who cho- chose to come back as, as a two-time captain for a fifth year. Um, and the, that decision really was big for our program because he hadn't had a lot of success leading up to that year. And a lot of times when that's the case, especially when the transfer portal is an option, um, people are ready for something new. They just want something different. You know, the, the grind is beating them down a little bit. Um, and his, his willingness to come back uh, was huge for our locker room. And I think it gave our guys something to look at and say, okay, this is real. Like something is different. Something is changing. We have this chance now. Um, so in, in that way, we can't replace him. Um, he was a two-time captain. He, was, he, was, he really grew as a captain, as a person, and how he led. Um, he's always been you know, someone who held himself to a high standard. Um, sometimes almost too much, but he grew up from that as well. Um, and he was able to just be a lot more consistent, I think, with how he approached the day-to-day. Um, and so, you know, now Logan Will was a co-captain with him. Um, so we do have that experience. Uh, Stanley Cooley wore a letter last year as a sophomore. He will now be a junior. So we love our leadership. And the, even the guys that don't wear a letter, when you do... You know, when when you kind of build what what we think we've been able to build through two years and you're able to still have belief and work ethic and and desire to get better when you don't win for 13 games, that's leadership, right? That's the guys in the locker room. We can say all we want. We can do whatever we want, but those guys actually have to execute it. Um, so we're very fortunate. We have a lot in that way. But Brian Yoon will always be a, a different type of special meaning to the program this was a team that it, you know yes you had some success but you referenced there were some there were some rough patches in there as well and it, was there a common thread do you think to the rough patches is, is there an area of your game that you think you, you, we need to address this right now well I think there's two things that that were going on the first is you know when you think about winning and winning in this league um, it's not just talent based is you look at where we have been and in, in the teams that we're trying to jump over, they know how to win hockey games, right? Um, whether it's Duluth, North Dakota, Denver, St. Cloud, Western, you, like you go down the list, they know how to win and they have experience in winning. So we need to increase our talent level. We need to increase the way we work, the way we prepare, but you can't just give somebody experience at winning. Right. You have to go out and you have to earn it. And so it, w- it we were playing good hockey in that stretch, but we were playing, you know, we had four games against Western. We had four games against Denver. Uh, we got North Dakota, like our second half schedule. We got two games against St. Cloud. Our second half schedule was was tough. Um, and so it was just those little moments in those games where the, win- the, the guys who have experience in winning knew how to do it. Uh, and we didn't quite. The second part was. We obviously struggled to score for majority of the year, uh, specifically in the second half. And we we want to we're very upfront. 
Um, we don't hide anything. We talk about it. Hey, we're struggling to score. This is how we're going to improve it. Um, but I think when when you focus on something like that, it can you can believe that you're just not a very good hockey team. And so we finally said, no, we're a very good hockey team. We're just not scoring right now. But we're one of the best defensive teams in the league. We have the best penalty kill in the league. We believe we have the best goalie in the league. We do things, and if you're one of the best in this league at something, that means you're great at it in the grand scheme of college hockey, right? So we can call ourselves a great defensive hockey team. We can call ourselves a great penalty kill. We can say that about ourselves. Let's embrace that. Let's be that. Instead of saying, oh, we're not scoring. We must not be very good because we're not winning. No, no, no. We're doing some things that I would consider great. Let's be that. And I think in the, at, towards the end of the year, that's what you saw kind of switch, right? Is we weren't trying to be this other team. We just embraced being that team because that was our only opportunity to win. And this year is a different team, right? We're not that team. We're, we'll, we will have different goals. We will have a different identity. We will have different process. Um, but when we finally said, oh, yeah, we're great at these things, you saw a little bit more of that belief, like, yeah, we're great. Try and score on us, you know. Um, and so we could we could go into those games with a little different mindset. So you've referenced Noah Lava and Ryan Beck being two thirds of your top line. The other third, of course, has moved on. Hunter McCown, who scored fifty three goals last year, <laughs> at least it felt that way. Yeah. It felt like every time you guys scored a big goal, I'm not kidding. It was Hunter McCown, or at least he had a hand in it somehow, yeah. some way. But I, I'm going to guess, much like you're not going to ask Caden and Barrico to go from a 925 save percentage to 940 or 930 or even 926 necessarily, you're not going to ask any of these guys to come in here and score 22 goals, whatever it was 100 McCown had last year, that, that this is, you know, more than one guy is going to be asked to do that. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, when if you get to our goals for goals against, um, we, you know, we scored 79 last year. Hunter had 21 of them. Uh, we gave up 99. A lot of what we gave up, if you look at the first eight games against Anchorage, St. Cloud, uh, or sorry, St. Lawrence, Arizona State, Air Force, we gave up 29 goals in eight games. We we're almost four goals a game against those, those teams. And nothing against them, but we finished giving up 14 goals in our last eight games against Denver, North Dakota, Western Michigan, St. Cloud. Very different. Um, so we believe that we will be able to get that 99 goals against down. Um, and so again, it's not like we all of a sudden have to find a way to score 120 goals. We think the goals that we allowed are going to drop. Um, and now we just, we, we have more depth in terms of what we think can score at this level. Uh, we have three freshman defensemen coming in who are top 15 in USHL defensemen scoring, which we're the only team in the country that can say that. Um, and we have three forwards that scored over 20 goals last year. Uh, Drew Montgomery is another freshman we have coming in. He led Omaha in scoring. So we have guys that are used to being that guy where we didn't have much of that in last year's roster. We have more of that understanding that they're freshmen. Um, but I think you, you look at that type of freshman talent that's coming in and you pair it with the team that gave up 14 goals in eight games against that type of schedule. I think that's a good combination. Um, and so it's going to be a by committee, uh, but I think we have more committee this time this year. Colorado College Coach Chris Mayotte, our guest, a couple of more. Uh, Glebury Emev was injured, I think, opening conference weekend against UMD, actually. He didn't play the rest of the year. 
showed some promise. Uh, he struck me as a guy that's going to be a real pain in the you-know-what uh, for, for a lot of teams to deal with here as he advances as a college player. You know, how's he looked so far? How was how this summer? And, and, and what kind of year can you expect from him finally getting hopefully a full year? Yeah, he, he was. He was a big loss for us. Um, you know, he's 6'4". Uh, he can skate. He's skilled, but he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he wants to go through you, not around you. Um, and, and so, you know, and, and we quite honestly didn't have a lot of that. Uh, and so taking that out of the lock, uh, out of the lineup was, was a big blow. Um, but he has looked really good. Obviously, you know, it was a, it was a lower body. It was a knee injury, which you would prefer it to be anything else. Um, but the year, you know, the eight months so far away has really allowed him to put more time into his body. Um, and physically he looks great. Um, he need, just needs to get more back up to speed with, you know, he hasn't sat in a video session in, in, in a few months in a long time, right? He hasn't had to go out and execute. So the body is there. Um, it's getting the rest of it back. And then the big test will be, um, you know, trusting the body in those moments, in the hard games in things like that. But, uh, but he looks great. Um, He's, he's put in a ton of work. Uh, we're really excited to have him back. I've asked all the coaches about this being the last year of the guys having the fifth-year exemption, but this means nothing to you because you you're, <laughs> you're not really dipping in the portal anyway. But, but in serious, you know, what does it mean to you as a coach that, to know that after this year, once these fifth years are through, after, you know, that come back next year, that as Brett Larson from St. Cloud State said, I can be more of a coach than a GM again? Yeah, I, I think it, it brings the focus back to internal. Right. Um, and and I think that's always a good thing. I think that's a good thing for for coaches. I think that's a good thing for our players. Um, it has, you know, the, the portal in general has has forced you to be a little bit more external in, in where you're looking for fixes um, instead of investing. And that's where I think we've committed to investing in the guy that's on our current roster to make him better to fulfill that role rather than going out and finding someone that has already done it at this level. Um, and, and so it, uh, I think it'll be good for, good for college hockey, good for staffs. And then obviously, like I said, good for players because, um, it'll go back to that internal investment rather than that external looking for, for answers. CC head coach, Chris Mayotte, they open up next weekend. My goodness, the college hockey season is here. 10.34, more to come on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The University of Minnesota football team hosts second-ranked Michigan on Saturday night at Huntington Bank Stadium. We'll hear from Minnesota quarterback Ethan Kaliak-Manis after this. We are professionals. We are family and friends. We are volunteers. We are community partners. We are a team dedicated to helping you succeed. We help protect and serve America's businesses. When you need us, we're here to help. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Rated A-plus superior by AM Best Company. 
The Gophers and Wolverines will kick off at 6.30 on Saturday night. The two quarterbacks playing in this game are from the same state and the same graduating year. Minnesota's 8th and Cali Igmanis prepped in Antioch, Illinois, while Michigan's J.J. McCarthy went to Nazareth Academy in LaGrange Park, Illinois, before finishing his high school career at IMG Academy in Florida. Cali Igmanis says they've known each other now for several years. Yeah, we met at a, a rivals camp, I think my, my freshman year, or right before my freshman year, but we had you know known of each other and then since then you know we haven't really seen each other that much but when we do we talk we talk a lot we've trained together a couple of times and you know once again his dad knows my dad they talk a little bit here and there but they're a great family I'm just really happy for him and the things he's done I think he's a, a great individual he's very smart not only in football but outside of football too just about life he's a great person to you know take advice from about life yeah, I'm just really happy for him that's gopher quarterback Ethan Kelly McManus who's hoping to lead the Gophers to an upset victory over McCarthy and number two Michigan on Saturday night. There are a limited number of tickets remaining for the game at Huntington Bank Stadium. You can order those at gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Ten forty. I know we are way late. That long conversation with Coach Mayot. We'll recap some headlines, twins to talk about as they have advanced in the American League playoffs. We'll set you up for all that coming up. Also set you up for tomorrow's busy radio show. It's a Thursday. Bruce Siski show continues after news from CBS 610 FM 103.9. KDAL, glad you're with us on a Thursday. Ten forty-five. I know it's been a morning. And run around my hair on fire all day. Well, since about 8.30, we got the playoff schedule. Uh, Twins-Astros game one, Saturday, 2.45, or 3.45, I should say. See them getting it all messed up uh, right here on KDAL. We're so excited for playoff baseball and to, uh, to keep moving on here. Uh, it, it's, it's fascinating to just watch the way that they constructed this team and actually have it come together the way it has, right? That's the cool part because – I, I, we all thought going over our conversations preseason with Brandon Warren of, of the Locked on Twins podcast and Access Twins, and we'll try to squeeze him in here next week at some point. We're going to be really busy next week, but it, it is it's fascinating to see it come together. Really cool. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we got hockey previews to get to. Uh, UMV men open on Saturday against Michigan Tech. Coverage at 630 on CAT 98.9, 98.9 on the FM dial. And we'll be at Amsville for that. Luke Lohite, Bulldog, fifth-year senior captain, will be joining us on the radio show Friday, a conversation we have back at Media Day. And also from Media Day, Miami set to open up this weekend with Ferris State. And we'll talk to the Red Hawks head coach, Chris Bergeron. You'll hear that on the radio show tomorrow as well. Uh, looking ahead to uh, next week, where we are going to be incredibly busy on the radio show uh, we got hockey doubleheaders next weekend at Amzol. We'll preview all of that. Grab my calendar here uh, real quick and just give you a, a quick look-see as to what's planned for next week on the show. Uh, Jeff Papas, Monday, also UMV Athletic Director Forrest Carr, joins us on Monday morning in studio. 
his monthly visit, second Monday of every month. Michael Russo of The Athletic, we recorded at uh, the Wilds Open Practice on Tuesday. You'll hear that next week on Tuesday to preview the Wilds season. Also, UMV women's hockey assistant coach Emma Sobiak on the radio show next week. We'll preview North Dakota men's hockey with their fifth-year senior captain, Reese Gaber. No, fourth-year senior. Sorry, fourth-year senior. And also head coach of the Fighting Hawks is Brad Berry. He'll be with us on Wednesday of next week. Also next week, UMV women's senior and assistant captain Clara Van Weeren, UMV men's hockey associate coach Adam Krause, and Northern Michigan head hockey coach Grant Patolny on the radio show with us next week as the Wildcats are in Duluth next weekend to match up with the Bulldogs next Friday and Saturday at Amsoil Arena. So, as I said, a lot going on on the radio show, and uh, the Twins are going to take center stage here on KDAL starting Saturday in the divisional round. The Brewers will not be joining the Twins. The Flyover Country World Series dream died. A very quick death at American Family Field last night as Arizona closed out a two-game sweep 5-2. And now attention in Milwaukee is going to turn in the direction of the manager's office. Now, we're not here to call out Craig Council. It's not like Craig Council has done a poor job in Milwaukee. That's not the point. His contract is up. Uh, Council's been the manager of the Brewers since 2015. Most games managed, most wins by a manager in franchise history. And he has led the team to five postseason appearances in the last six years. They got to within one game of the World Series in 2018 before losing game seven at home to Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers. So... There's a, a very good history here. So this is not meant to be a shot at Craig Council. I do think there's a very good chance he moves on. And I think as a fan, I'm kind of okay with it. Not because I, I think that there's it's automatic they're going to get somebody who's better. I, I don't think that's the case. I think Craig Council is one of the best managers in baseball. Absolute legit, full stop. There, you're not going to hear a bad word from me in terms of, of what he's done with the Brewers as a manager. But I do think that there are there's the potential that there are some issues in the process that they use in the regular season versus the playoffs. And I you know I don't know all the ins and outs. I go back to Moneyball. Remember Moneyball, the the movie, the Michael Lewis book, and then the movie with with, with Brad Pitt. It's wonderful, and it's it, it still holds up. It's worth a watch if you've never seen it. But in the book. There's a line in there from Bean. I cannot repeat verbatim on the radio. But he, they're talking about the lack of playoff success for that in that particular season for the Oakland A's. And Billy Bean said, based again, I'm paraphrasing here because I can't say exactly what he said. My job is to get this team to the playoffs. What happens after that is luck. And there's choice words thrown in there for effect. But that to me, that's what it comes down to with the Brewers. They have not had a lot of luck, but it could be part of the process. It could be a flaw. We'll see what happens in the offseason. It will be interesting. 10.50, wrap it up in a moment on KDAL. Your Twin Ports home for UMB Bulldog Hockey. Shot score, UMB! KDAL. 10.59, Thursday morning. So glad you could join us. We are back tomorrow. We'll set you up for what has become a very busy weekend. At the old Radio Ranch, we'll also have a couple more hockey conversations. UMB. Bulldog forward and captain Luke Lohite and the head coach at Miami, Chris Bergeron, will continue our NCHC previews as well. 
Sound off with Brad Bennett, Kenny Callagher after the news. Have a great Thursday. Thank you for listening, everybody. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What do you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFM, and 610 KDAL Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.